This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Dave, little recap for our Friday podcast. We ended up, well, I should say you ended up hitting the winner for the Preakness. You hit National Treasure 4-1. to one. Not only that, though, it got even better for the podcast. We did go 4-0 and in NBA picks slash leans, had some pretty solid baseball takes, and for our Major League Baseball official picks, we went 2-1 and one and, and cut a profit as well. So uh, pretty good last podcast for us, Dave, here on Winner's Take. Yeah, it was pretty solid. I personally was uh, more interested in the Mets game with the Indians on Friday, um, but I won't bring that up. You don't want to know how angry I was because just for the, the new listeners, Dave and I went head-to-head on one. He took the Mets. I took the Guardians. The Guardians blew a five-run lead, then a four-run lead, and then a two-run lead in extra innings. And, yes, Dave won the head-to-head bet 10-9 when I had a 7-2, to 7-3, 9-7 lead three different times. I'm sorry, but not really. You don't know how pissed I was because if I if there was one I wanted to win, it was that one. But I know it. That's that's I know it. That's why I brought it up. We will jump into our Major League Baseball games here. We're gonna go into Major League Baseball slate again. We are recording. It's a, a Monday. It's May twenty second. These games will be good for a Tuesday, May twenty third. We'll also go through some of the NBA games. Uh, whether they be good for Monday night and Tuesday night. And uh, we'll try and get out of here pretty quick. I know, Dave, you have some uh, the personal things to take care of. So the first game I want to look at is the 8.38 Central Time first pitch between the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Angels. You got Brian Bellow on the mound for the Red Sox, Griffin Canning on the mound for the Angels. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Dave? Yeah, I actually like Bellow quite a bit. I've been on his strikeout props over his last two starts, and I might be again if the market hasn't caught up yet. I mean, he's a fireballer. He can walk too many people, though, but his pitch count can be high. So he, he does have – he can go both ways, and he's thrown 100-plus in his last two games. So he could be a little more vulnerable than he usually is. Um, Canning, the thing about him is he hasn't finished six innings in any game this year, and he's given up a home run in all but one start. Uh, which in a way makes me lean to Boston first five. Uh, it may take a bit for LA to get to Bellow since they haven't seen him. And, you know, but part of me wonders if Grayson Trout and Otani isn't like intimidating for a kid, but it was the first time around, but he faced the Angels in his first start, which was his worst start. He's gotten better every start. I do think he's the wild card, but I do think Boston scores off of Canning. Take the pens out. Uh, Boston team total over. Uh, and the first five to the Red Sox. And I'm I'm pretty confident about that one. Yeah, I, I wrote down two things for this game. First one I wrote down was actually Boston in the first five, and you kind of named it. Uh, Bellow has been getting stronger and stronger each start. I can't trust Griffin Canning at all. And I don't necessarily uh, want to include the bullpen, kind of like you said. Boston's bullpen's been a little questionable as of late. And uh, the other thing I wrote down here, though, 
over the nine runs. Now I know you said eight and a half is normally your number that you're looking for where you, you have a pivot there, but I, I felt like kind of what you said, Canning hasn't went more than five innings. He he could definitely get hit hard by this Boston team that's in the top five of hitting an OPS against righties. And then on the flip side, though, I thought Bellow was also a wild card like you had stated, and he could give up runs. I mean, it's not that he hasn't. It's just that he's been improving, it feels like. But you mentioned Trout, Otani, some of the sluggers on this Angels team. I thought the over nine runs could be in play. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see that. And, and for clarification purposes, the reason I like eight and a half is because nine is a winner if it's ever four to four. Uh, but uh, nine is fine because nine is only a push. Uh, it's the nine and a half that really scares me off. But we don't have that issue today. So I would say um, you're probably right. So looking at our second game here in Major League Baseball, we are actually going to go to this will be a 620 Central Time first pitch between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta. You got Spencer Strider on the mound for the, uh, the Braves. Right now, it's still undecided for the Dodgers, but it looks like it could be Tom Goslin. Yeah, I mean, I love Strider. I mean, I wish he was left handed. I would automatically bet the Braves. Um, he did get hit in Texas last outing, and he was hit at the Mets, a division opponent. But, I mean, at home, he's been almost unhittable. The Braves are 8-1 and one in his starts. Um, and that's all clearly factored in. But I don't think I can fade the Braves in Atlanta. So probably regardless of who's pitching, it'll be Atlanta for me. Yeah, I looked at this game, Dave, and I had to do a little deductive reasoning on who the hell was going to pitch for the Dodgers because it is TBD. But it looks like it's going to be Gonsolin. And if it is, I might look to play – this game under and under in the first five because of like you mentioned I want to stay away from that Dodgers bullpen that hasn't been good I want to stay away from the Braves bullpen is is normally been pretty good the last few years but it has had some spotty weeks this season Uh, I want to stay away from the pens and Gonsolin he has thrown the ball really really well outside of one start this season and I know he hasn't had that many starts due to injury but I think both guys are are pretty darn good pitchers when they're healthy. So I think the under I found was like seven and a half roughly uh, for that game. I would look at the under there. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I hadn't gone as far as you. And if, in fact, it is Gonsolin, then, yeah, I mean, that first five under, I'll be curious to see what that line is. Um, it'd probably be three and a half. I, 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 would, I, I, I can't argue with you there. I mean, you know, we know Gonsolin is – He's, his ERA this year is 1.1. His whip is under one. So, yeah, I mean, that could well be scoreless after five. So, agreement there. So, Dave, quick question here for for some of the people out there. So, when we're talking about playing the first five innings, I know depending on what site you play on or what book you use, you could find the same game, same total, same everything, but the first five might be at four and a half with some elevated VIG on the under or it might be like a, a four. You could even find it at three and a half. Uh, what would your advice be for somebody where maybe they have multiple books where it's like, well, I could play this under, uh, you know, three and a half at uh, nice plus money or, you know, like a under four and a half and it's like a minus a buck 50. I'll take the under four and a half every time only because usually, and you know this, we've talked about it. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of change happens in the fifth inning. 
And that's generally when teams are, you know, they've gone through the order twice, almost a third time. And that's typically an inning where if there's going to be runs, that's the highest probability, at least in the beginning. And for that reason, I'm always, I'm, I'm not afraid to pay the juice for that one. So, yeah, don't be afraid to pay the juice and, you know, kind of carve out that run insurance. Sound advice there from Dave. Looking at our third game, it's going to be the San Diego Padres going to the Washington Nationals. You have you Darvish on the mound for the Padres, and you have Mackenzie Gore on the mound for the Nationals. Yeah, I mean, the Padres have today being Monday off, so the coast-to-coast travel isn't really a factor here. Uh, but if there's ever been an underachieving team this year, I mean, we've talked about it. It's the Padres. I mean, Darvish has been the old Darvish, or or he's been lit uh, like he was in his last start at home against Kansas City of all teams. Um, I do trust the Padres' pen based on recent performance, and Gore is someone who strikes out a lot of people, six or more and seven of nine starts. So I'll be looking at that prop. Padres haven't seen him. So I'm thinking, again, we're probably looking at a first five under uh, Nelson and probably Gore's K's over if it's five and a half or less. Yeah, I'm with you. I I looked at two different things, but very similar. Uh, I looked at the first five under because of what you said. You Darvish has been solid this year. Mackenzie Gore has not been seen by the Padres. I also potentially looked at the game total under and the game total under currently is sitting at eight and a half. And the reason why I wouldn't mind the game total under is because the Padres bullpen has been pretty good as of late, like you said, right? and the nationals team is going to have a rested bullpen because you know, they had the day off. So both of these teams bullpen should have all the bullets in the chamber wouldn't be probably too afraid of playing that game under the only thing that scares me a little bit, is Mackenzie Gore, it seems like he gets hit a little bit once uh, people have seen him. And he was a Padre farmhand and uh, I believe pitched for the Padres because he was part of that Juan Soto deal. So it just scares me maybe a little bit to know how much do the Padres know him. Yeah, possibly. I I would agree with you there. Meaning the SpongeBob SquarePants fetters will be right. It'll be seven to two San Diego. That was my, if Mackenzie Gore had come from insert some other team, not name the Padres, I would have liked this game a lot. First half under. Yeah, I do too. And I would, uh, you know, when you were talking about that, I mean, I it's a good point. I just don't know how relevant it is. I mean, you know, sometimes we overthink these things. Um, I know I've been doing that a lot lately. I mean, it's a valid point. I just don't know how much I would factor it in, but it, 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 that wasn't really my issue. What came to me is where do you stop with the information? See, that's where I feel like I run into trouble sometimes because it's like, well, I got a little nugget on like a Mackenzie Gore and then you have something else. And then it's like, well, you know, three out of the five are really solid on like the, the Padres under or whatever. And, you know, a couple of them that are, are points that make a lot of sense also kind of like the over or whatever. So it's like you go back and forth, but I think it comes down to what you've said in the past. It's, you know, you can't have everything. And if you do, that's like your, your bet of the year. That's exactly right. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a game tonight for anybody yeah, listening that I might get to here in a minute that I don't have everything, but 
<laughs> you have to pull the trigger sometime or pass. And this one we're both going with that we like the first five under, maybe the full game under. Yep. And looking at our next Major League Baseball game, it's going to be between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a 540 Central Time first pitch. You got Jose Barrios on the mound for the, the Blue Jays. You have Taj Bradley on the mound for the Rays. Yeah, and that's the one I like tonight as well. Yeah, I think you have uh, a, probably a bullpen game Monday night for the Rays. And Barrios, who is not the Barrios we used to know, uh, but he got hammered by Tampa Bay earlier this year. I think he makes some adjustments. So Monday night, I actually like the Blue Jays' first five. But Tuesday is another one that's been feast or famine pitchers. I mean, it's it's not like he's as good as he once was. Obviously, the Rays have seen plenty of him. Um, he has been giving up long balls like at least one in four straight starts, which makes me lean Tampa Bay. But their bullpen's been shaky lately, and it's a bullpen game. They have been consistent, if nothing else, but he'll give up the long ball more than I'd like. And Toronto's pen has also been shaky, which makes me want to take the over here quite. I have to lean Rays uh, just because Barrios has already beat them this year. Well, I wrote I wrote two things down for you. I got the Rays, Tampa Bay on the money line here, minus the 130. That's what I would have rolled with. And it was because the Rays had seen Berrios this year, and Bradley has not seen Tampa Bay ever. As obviously, he's one of their bigger prospects going into this season. Also, you mentioned how Tampa's bullpen's been a little worse as of late, but Toronto's hasn't been great either. So I don't think the bullpens are are super big. You did bring up a good point, though. Tampa Bay definitely is going with a bullpen game tonight on Monday as we record this. But maybe we adjust that uh, Tampa Bay money line to a Tampa Bay in the first five on the money line. And I actually looked at potentially the under eight and a half. And I know that they Tampa has seen Barrios before but he's been really, really good as of late. And the fact that uh, Toronto hasn't seen Taj Bradley yet, and he is a good prospect with some good stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an under there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, unders in that ballpark are always good things to take. Um, that is one of the better pitchers' parks in the league. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know about that total tomorrow. On Monday night, it, some books still have eight and a half. I do like the over Monday night. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take your advice and, and look at tomorrow as an under game because if they score a lot of runs tonight, everybody's going to go, well, they're just going to keep scoring, and we know how that goes, which means the total will be up a half a run more than it should be. So in theory, if everything plays out well today, your under would be a good bet. We're going to look at the St. Louis Cardinals taking on the Cincinnati Reds, a 540 Central Time first pitch, Adam Wainwright on the mound for the Cardinals, Graham Ashcraft on the mound for the Reds. Uh, what are you thinking for this one, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to go there with a side. Um, you know, Ashcraft, I think he's pitched the last three pods we've done, uh, and the Reds' pen's been pathetic. So it would be Reds' first five at all, which it's not going to be. I mean, Ashcraft's been terrorized lately. So if not the over in that launching pad of a park, I can tell you that I will be betting the Cardinals team total over yeah i'm looking at this and we we were betting on graham ashcraft early in the season and he was just an absolute wizard where he was going six plus innings you know three runs or less was pretty much uh a guarantee but you look and see what he's done in his last three starts he's given up whew, 
eight runs and seven runs. And we're talking about these aren't teams that are great either. We're talking about the Rockies. They don't score a ton. The Marlins, they don't score a ton. The White Sox, they don't score a ton, but they're putting up seven, eight, four runs on them. That's that's a recipe for disaster, especially with this Cardinals team starting to play better. Nolan Arenado's of the world are starting to heat up. I know it's Wainwright on the other end, and he hasn't pitched well, but he's an older guy coming back from a groin injury. I feel like he'll settle in at some point, and you can see that the the starts have gotten a little bit better each time out. I think this is one where I might play – especially like you said, in that little stadium. And I do believe that looking at the weather as of right now, uh, it's supposed to be blowing in. I still think I would roll with the Cardinals on the run line here. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. Too much familiarity with the Reds with Wainwright. Um, The little thing I do like on Monday night, this kid Brandon Williamson's pitching for the Reds, and I actually like him quite a bit. Uh, He threw earlier earlier, uh, last week against the Rockies at Coors Field. And he only gave up two runs on one hit. So um, I noticed that today's game was, I think, uh, I think the Cardinals with uh, Montgomery were like minus one eighty or ninety. Um, I love the Reds plus a half a run in the first five innings tonight for what it's worth. So there you go. If you get this podcast early when I put it out uh, Monday afternoon, Dave liking the Reds here in the first five, getting that half a run. Uh, Looking at our final game for this Tuesday, May 23rd slate, we're actually going to be taking a look at the San Francisco Giants taking on the Minnesota Twins. This is an Alex Cobb versus Sonny Gray, I believe. (laughs) So there was still uh, some question marks with the pitching matchups here. Yeah, I mean, if it's Gray, I'm going to take Gray in the first five. I mean, this was one of those that I looked at once. Everything looked really good, and I said I could go find reasons not to do this, but it's too good not to. I mean, he hasn't allowed one to leave the park in nine starts. His ERA at home is under one. Um, as much as Cobb's having a good season, um, I would I would bet the uh, Minnesota Twins and the under in the first five innings, and I know I'll be on the Twins and Gray in the first five. I mean – I could go find all the good stuff about Alex Cobb, but I'm not going to waste my time because I would not bet against Sonny Gray in this situation. Yeah, I'm looking at the line here, and Minnesota is favored for the full game, minus a buck 30. And you're right. I mean, Alex Cobb has been really, really good. He historically has been better at home. Now that's pitching in San Francisco, that's pitching in uh, Tampa, you know, very pitcher friendly parks, but at the same time, it is a, it is a stat. It is a trend. Sonny Gray, he's been lights out. Now, one thing that I want to ask you about this game, cause I do agree. I think, uh, twins in the first five of the full game would be what I would go with. What are your thoughts on the total here? I'm looking at the total and it's, it's sitting there at seven. That's, that's pretty low. Yeah. I mean, I think I would want to see, uh, Who's behind first plate for uh, home, home plate for a game like that? And we'll know that tonight uh, because these two teams play Monday night. So we'll know the first base umpire will obviously be calling the balls and strikes tomorrow. And when I'm looking at a total that low, I have to factor in every single little thing. And, you know, if it's a good umpire that, you know, tends to go to more overs than unders uh, because those stats are all out there as well, um, then I would, I would be probably okay with it. And again, that's going to you know, potentially need bullpens because we do like the first five under 
So I think we have to look at what happens tonight before I would I would bet that total. But if it goes to seven and a half for sure, um, seven, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think that's one that I wouldn't go out on too many limbs until we see how they do tonight. Well, I, I was just looking at it and I'm like, man, that's really low. Like I know both of those starting pitchers have been quite good this year. But the San Francisco bullpen has not. And Minnesota is, is pretty middle of the road. Yeah, and the Giants actually do hit left-handed pitching pretty well. So, you know, there is there is that. Um, uh, so, I mean, that would be a more of a tonight thing. But um, they're one of those teams that's kind of the opposite of what you would think. And they've been that way for years. So, definitely we can we can potentially see it over. But, again, I got to wait. There's too many too many variables too many variances that could come up between now and then, but in theory, yes. Now that will be it for our major league baseball. We gave you six breakdowns here for Tuesday, May 23rd. I want to look though, Dave, at the NBA playoffs. There's still, we still have the Eastern and Western conference finals. Both games are three, nothing nuggets lead the Lakers and Celtics lead the heat. Now, Monday night, as we record this, you got the Nuggets at the Lakers. Lakers favored by three. I believe this opened three and a half, four Lakers were favored. I actually already bet this one. I took the Nuggets. I I just think it's curtains for the Lakers. I'm still getting at uh, the three and a half. I was getting a full bucket here. And I, I personally think Denver sweeps them. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with any of that. I mean, I'd love to make a case for the Lakers, but. You know, everything centers around LeBron. Um, you know, the, the the thing, and everybody's, like, calling him out everywhere about he's no longer in the discussion as the GOAT. Um, in my opinion, he never was. But um, you do got to wonder if the Lakers mentally – I mean, they know they're not going to beat Denver four straight games. You got to wonder mentally one of two things. Either LeBron James comes out and says, yeah, see ya, and they force a game five – or they just basically say, screw it, um, you know, if it's at all not close and just, just throw in their own towel. And that's unpredictable, but that's certainly, I would think, more likely. So I'm with you. Uh, if I have to bet the game, I'm probably taking the Denver Nuggets as well. Now, I haven't bet this one yet, and this would be the game four between the Celtics and the Heat. Again, it's in Miami uh, Tuesday night, so it's uh, tomorrow as we are recording this on Monday, I look at it and the line is Miami by one and a half. I'm it's almost the same thing with the nuggets for me. It's like this Miami heat team has come out there and, and beat the Celtics three straight Uh game. And I don't really see an angle for the Celtics at this point. I, I feel like Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra on this heat team, they're hot. This is, this is their series and it's curtains for the Celtics. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, uh, poor Boston, and I'm actually from there. Uh, if you if you remember what happened to the Bruins after an epic record-setting regular season, uh, they get knocked out uh, by a bottom feeder, and the Celtics are going to go through the same thing here. I mean, they, they had one of the best, if not the best records in the NBA most of the season, uh, and they may well get swept and, you know, uh, it's sad. I mean, I think that books are still disrespecting Miami. I mean, it was like last night's game uh, when they would Celtics are favored by three and a half or even four. I was like, why? You know, um, but, you know, we've been underrated, underestimating Miami all year. And 
I think we got them at seven to one a couple of days ago, and you know now they're they're minus uh, plus two thirty five. I think what I, I did find interesting, and this is how the books will will screw you. Um, they are uh, plus two thirty five to win the championship, but the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, they have which conference will win. The Eastern Conference is only plus one ninety five. So why would you do that if you like the Heat when you can still get them at plus two thirty five? I mean, I'm not suggesting you take the heat at plus 235. I'm just pointing out that, you know, caveat mTOR uh, and books will do everything they can to take advantage of you. So there is that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like Miami. Um, I think they close out Boston. I'm already looking at, uh, you know, Denver-Miami series. Yeah, so, Dave, one of the things you brought up, it was kind of the disrespect for the heat. I was sitting there over the weekend because I actually ended up betting the heat and getting a win was I was looking at it and I'm like, man, how much are they given these days for, you know, home court advantage in NBA? Cause I went back and looked and, you know, a quick little Google search and it's like, Oh my goodness. There's, st- they're still selling Miami, even though they're up two two nothing, like four points short here. Why would I not take the four free points? Yep. And yep. now all of a sudden it's, it's down to heat only by a point and a half. That's still, I know after what we've seen the first three games, that still even feels short. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you, you know, I, I mean, if anybody can beat Miami four in a row, it is Boston. But, you know, they got to win three of the two, two more of those games in Miami. So I don't think it's happening. I mean, you, can't, like, bet, you can't bet against momentum like that. And, they, you know, you saw what they did to your Bucks, and they're doing it to the Celtics. So now my question for you is how much would that line have to have been off or, I guess, changed? for you to actually consider Boston? Because for me personally, it probably would have had to have been close to four. Oh, I think more than that for me. I I don't I don't know that I would ever consider Boston. I mean, they're in the same situation as the Lakers. You just don't know who's going to show up. Like, I feel like I would have to get at least over one full possession to, to consider Boston. Absolutely. And uh, at this I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, it would be hard for me to just consider them not knowing whether they say F it or like the Lakers, whether they say F it, you know, don't want to go. They, they don't want to come back to Miami. The Lakers don't want to go to Denver. I mean, it's not usually that easy, but sometimes you have to either take Miami or pass. And that's where I'm coming, coming from. So now I got a follow-up question for you then. So I think both of us are under the impression that it's curtains for the team down three, nothing. Is this mm-hmm. one where you could say, I could see the Lakers and I could also see the the Celtics, especially if they get off to a bad first half where Miami and Denver really imposes their will in the second half and buries them if it's a bad start or where you might look to potentially bet like an alternate line where maybe instead of, you know, playing the heat minus one and a half, I'll play them minus five or whatever, whatever you can find out there. Is that something that maybe you'd entertain? Yeah, probably not, but I mean, in theory, yes, but I've had much more success with in-game bets in those situations, um, you know, and you got to kind of be paying close attention, but if the Lakers are up big or Boston's up big, you know, if you think, well, Miami will come back, Denver will come back, well, it, it's a little bit different because Denver would have game five back in Denver. Denver would be more likely to say, screw it, we'll just beat them in Denver next game. And Miami, uh, Boston, I don't think would have quite that that amount of 
I don't think I could put that stock in Boston, but I would for Denver if that would be an in-game bet, I think. And if we're we're talking about this particular game, um, you know, I don't know. It's I'm like I said, I don't have a good feeling. I couldn't take Boston, and I'm already trying to figure out the Denver Miami final. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are probably feeling like these series are over, but you still have the LeBron factor. You still have, you know, what he did with the Cavs the second go around coming back from a huge deficit. So I get it, but it feels like sometimes the most obvious is just true. Both these teams. Yeah, are I mean, done. they got to go to Denver and the altitude and beat Denver twice. They're not going to do that. Now we ran through the, obviously the major league baseball slate uh, talking about the NBA playoffs here. I'm just looking right here, winning margin for the heat. You could get the heat. Uh, I guess they give you a one to 10 is plus plus one eighty, or 11 or more is plus three seventy. Yeah. I'd probably stay away. Yeah. Just to recap uh, for our major league baseball slate for uh, Tuesday, May 23rd, Dave, what's your favorite pick from today's pod? The, St. Louis Cardinals team total over against Ashcraft. So Dave will go with the St. Louis Cardinals team total over against Cincinnati. And I think I'm going to go with the Padres and the Nationals under eight and a half for the game. That was the one where you had you Darvish uh, right. taking on Mackenzie Gore. Right. And uh, both bullpens should be 100% with the days off the day before. Can't argue with that one. So there you go. Official Major League Baseball picks for the pod. Going to go with the Cardinals team total over on Tuesday. And we are going to take the Padres and the Nationals under the eight and a half. So we'll continue to knock out these Major League Baseball slates. We'll continue to talk the NBA playoffs for as long as they continue and uh, Dave, after hitting the winner of the Preakness, I feel like we'll we'll have to talk about the Belmont. We will, we will, and we'll have to talk about golf, and we'll have to talk about college football, and more fun to come. It's been a little hard to do it this week with me, kind of uh, more or less remote, but we will get to it. We may we may do some of that Thursday. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, looking forward to it. I can't wait to hit the NFL and the golf once we kind of conclude the NBA playoffs. But I feel like we gotta we gotta let the NBA playoffs have its due diligence and and its time in the sun. But until then, let's continue to crush it and win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.